What's going on, everybody? On this episode, as promised, we're going to be recapping our four-day Ohio muzzleloader hunt where we do deer drives with a bunch of buddies in the hills. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard Ben and I talking about some of the changes that we wanted to make. And in this episode, we're going to be recapping those changes and talking about how they actually worked when we applied them to our strategy. Without going into too much detail, things went really well, but we still managed to learn some things and take some things away from this year's hunt that we would like to try to do a little bit differently next year. So on this one, it's going to be Hayden, Ben, Jake Lynch, and Hunter Reed from Just Hunt Club, our buddy Colin Miller, Shane Kramer, Ted and I. Really can't thank everybody enough that's a part of the muzzleloader hunt and everybody that supports us and watches the videos, listens to the podcasts. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this and this hunt, as you can probably tell, is really special to me and all the guys involved with it as well. So thank you. Before we get started, I wanted to mention a few things to you guys. We've teamed up with Vortex to give away an all-expenses paid turkey hunt with the THP crew. Along with hitting the turkey woods with all of us, lodging, licenses, Vortex gear, $1,000 for travel is all included. The hunt's also going to be filmed for a future episode on our YouTube channel, and entering to win is easy. All you got to do is head to thp.vtxnation.com, enter your email, and you're done. If you want to check the description of this podcast, I'll have a link down there as well to enter for your chance to win. To get more info, just stay tuned on the Vortex and THP social platforms and be on the lookout in the upcoming THP Turkey Tour videos where you'll also be able to find that link as well. Good luck to everybody that enters. While we're on giveaways, I should also mention that our friends from Go Wild are giving away a Polaris UTV. Today, January 16th through March 31st, 2023, for every member you get to join Go Wild, you get an entry for a chance to win that UTV. If you're a member of Go Wild already, you can go to your profile and hit Share Go Wild, and that'll give you a unique share link. For every new member that you get to join Go Wild, you get an additional entry for a chance to win. If you're not a Go Wild member yet, that's okay. If you create a free Go Wild account, you automatically get an entry for a chance to win the Polaris UTV. Then once you're a member, you can do that same thing. Hit share Go Wild, and then you can share it with your friends to get them to sign up as well. For more details, you can go to timetogowild.com backslash UTV. And finally, if you have any interest in getting a new bow this off-season, check out Bear Archery. We can save you 10% if you use the code THP10. That goes for all bear equipment. But either way, just trying to help save you some money as you go into the off-season if you're looking for a new bow. All right, guys, let's talk muzzleloader hunting with some of the crew. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. If anybody's got any, like, main takeaways that come to mind that's what i'd like to hear first because honestly that's the part uh, that i'm most interested in personally well, just from a learning standpoint what's that for sure when that that buck that we tracked and lost mm -hmm. and is probably still alive right now most definitely i would say i learned well what you told us basically we just sort of talked about it that we should have kept eyes on the deer a little bit longer should have reloaded the gun faster and should have confirmed that he was laying there after we saw him. Should mm -hmm. It's hard not to assume that the deer's dropping, but we shouldn't have, that the deer dropped, but we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have assumed he was dropped. Yeah. It's hard not, it's hard to think about, I guess, but it's what we should have done. We shouldn't yeah. have, should not yeah, have I mean, assumed. That's a weird one because he, 
in the footage even it goes, yeah. goes straight over the top backwards exactly. so i mean yeah it's it, understandable i mean yeah. it was a good lesson as a cameraman yeah i mean i well, feel like it's a good lesson for for all of us in well, general because you know. like i've had times when i was younger and i'd shoot deer and then when you're and my dad's like well where'd he go and i'm like well that way like well what do you run by and like you know you got to pick out a landmark and whether you're a cameraman or not if you shoot something you want to know where it went for me obviously like you were saying it was good as a cameraman to if i had just stayed on and filmed a bit longer we would have had some idea of what happened and it's the same goes for hunting as well even if you're just solo hunting not filming if you keep eyes on the animal and just confirm what you think is happening don't assume. more important right. than that don't assume that's my biggest takeaway yeah don't assume like yeah dropped, but don't assume i like to there. make sure like it's not breathing anymore and yeah. like not to sound right. harsh, but like just make sure that the deer is actually dead because I've heard other stories. So my uncle has this story. He was muzzleloader hunting and a really big buck steps out, boom, shoots it, same deal, except for it stayed down long enough that he could walk all the way to it. By the time he got to it with an unloaded gun, it jumped up and ran away. By the time that happens, you know, you can't reload real fast. So. Yeah. And in this story that we're talking about, I guess for those listening, is it's a situation where Buck comes in to Jake, he makes a shot, and based off what we can tell from the footage and seeing the deer, just hits him high, like a backstrap hit, essentially. And when it does that, it knocks him over and rolls him over. He's hopping a log, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. at the same time so his front legs are off the ground i think a little bit and when that happened he goes down and i guess you guys pretty much just assumed that that was it yeah and then because i didn't even really see him like through the cloud of smoke i didn't see him fall i would say mm -hmm. i just like sort of i guess based off of your, your reaction well, I, I was like just, dropped like yeah because he dropped <laughs> and then i was not gonna not be excited with obviously mm -hmm. yeah i mean <laughs> just got excited fun. a little early but, that, <laughs> but you know then about then, 0.3 seconds after the shot <laughs> and then to follow it up i mean we tracked blood for quite a ways till we couldn't find it and then we ended up seeing him again completely almost a mile away yeah looking completely healthy on another like continuing to look for him by kind of driving and you know grid searching essentially and we just bumped him again right past jake and eric and they didn't quite have a shot but they did get footage of him to confirm that the hit was high like what we were starting to think and that he looked really healthy like he was completely wits about him but four valleys over like yeah did a lot i mean a lot of up and down, down. yeah so. that was yeah that was definitely telling i think um just how far he went it was reassuring too to see him mm -hmm. how he was like get a look at where the hit was and mm -hmm. he was acting fine yeah pretty unfazed mm -hmm. what other lessons come to mind mm, the biggest two that i i can point to are one, when you're setting up the standard position, like, don't be afraid to get too close. Like, I think of the examples, like, when Mitch and Doug were set up on the buck that Mitch killed. Doug could shoot, had a, had a shot at the buck that Mitch ended up killing. 
Mm-hmm. But it was it was important to that main escape route that we think they're going to go down. Like you could, you want to cover all of that. Mm-hmm. So having standards that are on that main escape route really pinching down tight. Uh, I think that's really important. Another example where it didn't go well is, is the Buck Jake shot. Mm-hmm. Ben, and you were in that position for a reason, but if you would have been tight to that, had we known the Buck was going to come down there, you may have got a shot opportunity mm-hmm. too, yeah. but you were covering a different valley. But there's definitely a lot of scenarios where you should, There's if you can see a guy, it's not really a bad thing. Like You right. can still shoot different things that they can't, and if that's the main escape route you're planning on, it's it can be an effective strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, After last year, I started thinking about it, like try to put the middle ground or it would be like the radius. Does that make sense? Like halfway between you being like 80 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you got a, two circles around you, just, you know, kind of make those bubbles cross over because with a muzzle loader too, you have to have that really specific good shot or you're going to probably hesitate. You know, he's got to be really close if he's moving or he's got to be be stopped and and then stopped in the right place. Yeah. So I just think that closing that gap off is really good. But even even if like the middle ground is 40, you know, as long as you guys are in safe positions, then I think that's important too. Like you don't want to be right on top of somebody to where things get dangerous, but like we're talking just, you know, somebody right on your left or your right, but you guys are facing like into a hillside or right. something or down into a valley. I think that's an important part of it. Yeah. Yeah, the other the other main thing that I think I learned is trying to maximize opportunities and when those drivers are moving into their position, trying to set up little side drives. Um, we did it. Well, the buck Shane ended up killing came, came off a, a side, our drivers moving into position. Um, the, la- the first... The first drive of that last place we did today, we kind of did a little side drive on the way in, didn't turn up anything. And then like Shane and Ted and I went around on a big high knob and sent people down in the valley. Um, and those didn't turn up anything, but there's, while you're moving in, you might as well maximize your opportunities without making it too overcomplicated because you try to plan too many things, you can k- kind of get caught up in it. But trying to maximize your opportunities while those drivers are moving into position, I think helped a lot. We did that when we bumped. Mm-hmm. told us to go side hill that yeah. thing we couldn't side hill it we had to go to the top bump the buck was that the one made a shot no that would keith shot oh wow. yeah that was when keith and i both shot yeah misses At, two misses yeah. yeah but we that was a side drive for sure yeah we, oh, so totally. had idea on the walk in yeah like let's just split up and i think when, when i think of my version of that lesson i think of it as if we can surround an area at a safe distance, whether that be park at different access points, drop people off at different access points, or just hike a big loop around and start to split off and then just close that gap at the same time. I mean, again, like you said, that's exactly why you shot that one today. It appears no matter who actually bumped them, that was kind of by design to where it's like, we're going to just circle this thing and eventually just collapse down on it. And it really happened right out of the gate, pretty much as soon as we were moving into our, like, our initial spot. It's just, boom, there he is. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? Um, I would say that a hill hunts bigger than what it looks, like what you and I were talking about mm-hmm. later today. is like there's so many little terrain features that a deer could be laying in. And 
I don't know. It's always cool. To, I was here last year and this year. It's like you can make these drives, even though we've got like, I don't know, 14 people or whatever. You're closing in on one or two terrain features, really, that you're targeting, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. That's pretty cool to be able to zone in on stuff like that and, and hunt many different, you know, the same kind of ridge, but you know, make multiple drives and very specific drives to a certain drain feature, I guess. Specific cool. target zones. Yeah. It's cool to me to see how close your thoughts are to reality in terms of like what the deer are going to do, where they are, when they're going to do it. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we true. think he's here, he's going to go this way. That's, if he was there, he went this way. Yeah, like you're literally like, pushing a butt, like... What you assume to be a buck bed. <laughs> what you assume to be a buck bed, and then a buck comes out of it. Like, yeah. It's going to be pretty cool, man. Yeah, that definitely seems like a spot yeah. buck would be. And, and we say, I mean, we say that it's, uh, I don't know, what you just said makes me feel like that comes across as like, this is easy. And it's like, it's certainly far from easy because yeah. that first two years i mean we just got stomped like i actually after year two i remember being like dude i don't know like when we're gonna figure this out because i remember going into year two being like oh no doubt man we got him this year and we did it and that was like scary but we had that conversation like, it's like oh we're definitely we're gonna kill a couple this year yeah. <laughs> and then it was like Oops. no you're not yeah and close calls that year close calls both those first two years but hadn't quite you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together and still mess them up. Mostly, you know, I think that's the funny thing is you still mess them up. Yeah. I, I think, I think ahead. one of the common misconceptions that like deer drives is just a bunch of people walking around the woods and just hoping to get deer up on their feet. But like the amount of planning that, that we put into these hunts that we did this, this week, this year, mm -hmm. like we were, we were up till one in the morning sometimes <laughs> just planning hunts and like in between drives, we're talking about it and like everything's really thought out and like specific. So like, Yes, you can have success in just going out, walking around, trying to push deer to people, but especially in like hill hill country like this and the terrain features Ted was talking about, there's a lot of specific strategies that have gone into it. And over the years, we've started to try to f piece the puzzle together and, and have found a, a common common themes that we kind of can apply to different areas. So there's, there's a lot of strategy that has gone into it and a, a lot of the time is really spent on strategizing instead of doing the actual drive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the drives last about, I don't know, Once 10 they minutes. Start, same thing. Yeah. It's 90, the 90 set up. Yeah. Yeah. We, we give ourselves, I, I would say on average, an hour to an hour and a half to set one up as far as like getting into position, whether again, that whether that means hiking or driving to different pull-offs, whatever, generally those logistics look like an hour and a half. Because I would say we take the time that it is, add an hour or an hour and a half, and then add 10 minutes to that, mm -hmm. depending yeah. on how big a scale it is. Yeah, and that's after at least 30 minutes of putting it together, making sure everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. And and where everybody else is in relation to yeah. them. Yeah, everybody's got to know where they have to be and where everybody surrounding them, the whole drive is going to be. Like you have to communicate the entire plan to 15 people mm -hmm. ben and zach basically go around the whole circle <laughs> and keith just like this is what you're doing this is what you're doing this is what you're doing <laughs> and then being super sneaky about it too like 
for how loud it can be in those woods, like, and not bumping that buck out of the bed until when you want to bump it compared to like it's cool. the little bit of drives I've done back home where it's just like those guys go over there and they go over there and they walk that way. Like you're not worried about being quiet or sneaky at all. You're just like, we're pushing this wood lot out. Whoever well, said it best tactical insertion. It's like each drive is, I mean, they did, they vary. Like some of them, you might have four standards. Some you might have three, Sometimes, sometimes they have like two. Yeah, sometimes everybody's the driver into one place, but like being able to choose the situation differently. Like we ended up kind of today doing four and four more or less, mm -hmm. like four drivers, four standers, but everybody's adaptive. Mm -hmm. And like you're in an area like tonight, I guess Mitch and I were in a spot where like we were stander sort of, but we were also like containment to the point that if we needed to run over and bump something down, it would take two seconds and I like that. Move. Everybody knows the intention, basically, of where you're trying to make them dump down to. I like that move because it's also really explaining how it's a team game. When you know, if you're just hunting a buck for yourself, you probably wouldn't run to force him a different direction. But it's like when you're just trying to get him back into the circle, you're just trying to. I mean, we use the term like ping pong or um, just kind of double bump triple bump, you know, however many times we made bump that deer. And a lot of times you come back and everybody's got a different, ex different story. Like, yeah, I saw, I looked up and I saw Ben running and then here, you know, then he came right down or, you know, like I remember the one where, uh, the first year, like Brad, Brad popped over the top and he hit the, hit the turkey call and just cut real fast. And it was just like, they're coming, you know, stuff like that. I think it's just, you know, hilarious, but, but, um, the other thing too that I was going to add to making the plan is what I really like is, is it everybody will throw in like, you know, I've been noticing this and then you just take that and you just run with it. Like there, over the years, there's been a whole bunch of little things that you say that when you say them, it's like, ah, I know how to like, feel like I know how to like explain that a little bit better. One that comes to mind and one of my big takeaways is, and, and so just something to explain to people is you were talking about how your dad was walking with his buddy and they, they do five minutes, one guy walks and yeah. five or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think that just doing that as like a driver is really important and kind of like what happened when yeah. you killed the one today, right. which we'll talk about that story in general, but I had just got to these guys and instead of going past them they just moved up and we were kind of kind of leapfrog or like stagger step into this spot but just moving together and you're kind of doing that with all you know the guys moving into position if you can and i mean even on the second to last one we did today while nothing produced from it i really like that move where mm -hmm. we had talked about you know five minute time difference ben was going to go up and over and kind of get to his final position he was going to wait ready to shoot in case ben bumped something i was going to make a different move on the other side of him and it's just it's that deal where one guy goes one guy watches and i think that that's something that i would like to get more specific with upon with the whole group just to talk about that specific strategy in the future is definitely one thing that come comes to mind not to say that not to say that people aren't, I guess I got made fun of for using this the other day, the instincts. 
But if you're using your instinct, you're doing that already. But to actually put like a little bit of numbers on it with time and stuff like that, I think helps explain that move a little bit better. That's something that I, I really like. And I, I know we do it sometimes. Everybody does it at one point or another, but it certainly helps put everybody in the game. That's a question I had for you. How do you think the, uh, the timing of this year's drives? Unbelievable. Compared to last year. In general, like, like, I mean, pretty much 10 out of 10 compared to what we've done. Now, in the past, we've had some really good ones, but dude, I mean, this year was kind of sweet how everyone, right when you would expect to see somebody, it was just like, boom, there they are. That's sweet. Yeah. The cool part about it, though, was you expect to see somebody there, but they nail it, and there's somebody there, there, and there, and you see all of them at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. I don't even, out of the four days, I don't know if there was one that, like, anybody was actually late or anybody actually missed. Like, we yeah. kind of nailed it. I don't know that anybody was ever in a stupid position either that I, like, really <laughs> yeah, saw. That's, that's part of it. It's like, you know, <laughs> me and Jake the one day when we, yeah. we made stuff happen. Yeah, but you guys got it going. That was the only, that was really the only yeah. missed route. But, but we had to. the timing work made it work. Yeah, and, like, if I think I feel like part of that is everybody's taking, like, escape routes into their spots or, like, areas where they could get bumped long range from somebody else. And so, like, you're always in the game moving in. It's not just like, oh, we barreled on this steep freaking hill. <laughs> you know, let me take this deer trail down this hill, mm-hmm. which is the way that they're probably going to move along it. The 10-minute rule was also, like, probably the biggest part of the timing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that just makes it sweet. Yeah, because it, it gives the guys that need to be blocking off escape routes a cushion. It definitely yeah. gives them this allowance to just mess up a little bit or get caught up in the thick a little bit more than they were hoping to on the way in. And I think that's, or just stand and listen more. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I mean, or it allows you to give, gives you time to really creep that last little bit. Um, we did pretty much more or less four a day. Yeah. Three or four a day, which which I'm pretty sure when we talked about this before the hunt, we were like, I think this year we can get five. And it's just like, I guess we really can't do more than three or four a day. It's like really hard. This Yeah, it just takes so long to get into position. Without washing them and like screwing stuff up. Yeah. Well, I think the only way to get more than four a day is without driving from spot to spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think... And probably doing stuff closer to the road than what we tend to do. Like yeah. just doing like right up and over the road or from one road to the next and just going bam, 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 bam. Or go into a big piece and just keep walking and looping, mm-hmm. which is something we kind of did uh, on day three a little bit was walk and loop, walk and loop. And that seemed to be pretty effective too, which I, I did enjoy that more than I kind of thought that I was going to. Especially when we kept getting to that next ridge and it's just like, well, we're either pushing more deer down this or there's just, you know, we're eventually hitting more of them at some point or yeah, another. It helps when you park a vehicle at like a different trailhead to or drop a vehicle because then you can just hunt through an entire block mm-hmm. instead of having to hunt through it and then walk all the way out. You can really cover a lot of ground and then get to the vehicle that's parked on the opposite side. Oh, that saved yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sure. I, you probably, probably did, a long did you even long know long. that there was a truck over there? 
Yeah, I'm, when we were doing it, I'm pretty sure I brought the talk. idea up. I, yeah. I know somebody did before I did. But well, somebody, I'm pretty sure yeah. we had all that talked about yeah, it. But yeah, somebody but didn't know, and we got all the way up there, and they were like, "Man, we gotta walk all the way." Yeah, we gotta walk 16 who miles. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. remember who didn't know that, but it's pretty <laughs> there. And I was finally like, "No, I parked a truck. Like, it's right there." It was Jake. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was. I'm like, no, it's. it's oh yeah, it was. Jake. Sure it was Jake. <laughs> That's good. Like, oh, That's I didn't good. know that. Sweet. Good for us. <laughs> yeah, that was big. But <clears throat> to touch on like the number of drives thing, we did four today, but we also cleaned two deer and packed two deer out on top of doing four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. you know, if we like we talked about leaving them, getting them after dark, I'm glad we didn't. Mm-hmm. But if we would have had the logistics been right, we definitely could have done five. And we kind of started late this morning. Yeah, I mean, well, not I super late, but we got progressively we later as yeah. the days went on. Oh, definitely <laughs> like an hour, at least an hour later, the second two days than the first two days. Always, Always has. <laughs> Every year. I can, you just get exhausted. You stay like, up to 1 a.m. Yeah, you stay up, stay up planning, up. making... None of you guys stayed up till 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not. I was be on one night. <laughs> Me and Shane. That's why I know you guys didn't. I know I, I did. It was like 106 one night. And I was like, man, it's bedtime. <laughs> I think one thing that I learned also is that as much as possible, my favorite thing is, is when guys don't have to walk in on a train, like in a train, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of convenient if you're trying to set things up quickly, like just get guys down and around or up and around. But man, on those ones where you can just collapse in and like, especially hit from, you know, different drop points or whatever, like people can park on different parking spots and just close in on that. I, I really like that efficiency as far as not leaving huge holes, I suppose. I don't know if efficiency is the right word, but that's what we did on Mitch when Mitch shot his butt. I feel like oh yeah, we all lined up. On land road. on yours too because we split from a previous drive, not driving, so we, everyone kind of looped around. We still kind of we looped around, but if we could, and and we definitely closed in on it. But I think the the least amount of like big trains where on that one. You split from us, uh-huh. and you went down and became a standard that was going to transition to a driver. Uh-huh. And then you and you and Keith split from me, and I just hung loose. So we're now all in, like, these big, and, and you kind of fan it wide, and then you just break it all down to where we're all essentially standing on the same point or in the same hub down at the bottom where ridges come together or whatever. But you take this big, wide net, and then you just cinch it down and i i think that if honestly ideally you can come in from different angles or or even just go up different drainages if you're making them hiking move in instead of parking but just coming in from those as many angles as possible is what i'm kind of trying to get across that's my favorite not to say that you're going to eliminate the train walking you know where it's just like drop off drop off drop off you're not going to eliminate that completely more than likely but you're really bumping your odds up when you're constantly just closing 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 yeah i think the best example of that was definitely mitch's buck yeah because i think the best example of it personally was keith and near miss 
Yeah. I mean, while nothing, while we didn't get anything, that was like bump, 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 yeah. and then he just ended up like nice buck just ended. Well, multiple bucks just were going right through everybody. Somehow we didn't get one. him somehow, but that's actually my takeaway. Is was that deer in realizing when it's over for you, realizing that point, like because. That buck. What is, do you mean by that? I'm, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. <laughs> what that is over for you? Realize it. <laughs> when that deer goes over the ridge, son, it's over for you. Now you got to mope about it. Realize it. No, but before that, so that buck escaped between me, me and Grant, and Jake and Weber. Oh, I think I see where you're going. And there was a point where. I saw him and it's like, there's no way. After now, there's no way I'm gonna get a shot at this. I took a step because I was gonna run up the hill and Grant stopped me. And I, hindsight realized if I would've took off running a little bit, even before I thought about doing that, if I'd have took off running, that deer would've spun mm-hmm. and not gone off that saddle. And Jake and Weber said the exact same thing. like. Man, really, if we would have done that, he would have done something totally different. So if we would have make him, made the move I see. That's to try and redirect him mm-hmm. yeah. instead of like, well, maybe I'll get it. Like, he's running up this hill. Maybe I'll get a shot. Oh, maybe he'll wrap around this. It's like, no, he's not. He's not gonna. Yeah. You didn't get a chip shot there. So mm-hmm. just give it up and see if you can bump him back into the drive. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard after that. Well, it's kind of hard to see that until it happened mm-hmm. and then after it happened that day every single time something came through the drive it's like where can i run to push this back in i love that for you colin that's a <laughs> hell of a lesson dude well, it really that, is you said that today too on the first drive you're like if one comes or you're making a shot i'm gonna shoot like I told you something to spook it back, and then that would have saved you from a hang fire later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dude. Yes. I did. I told Hunter. I'm like, listen. I said, Hunter, if I don't, if I don't have a shot at a deer, I will still. I'm gonna shoot a tree and try to bump it back in the drive. Yeah, it probably would have saved me later. But you know what? That's gonna be really nice fun experience. That's pretty funny. I like that though. That's a good tip, man. Because I. Because I agree, really it's a hard, it is a fine line to, to flow because you're like, am I, am I gonna get, am I getting, maybe you're here, maybe you're here. And then you gotta just break from that and realize I gotta run or I gotta shoot the ground in front of him or whatever everybody to try wants, to reverse him. But, everybody wants to shoot the deer. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter who you are, everybody wants to take the shot, but it's sometimes it's just not yours. Well, and sometimes you get just caught up in that to where it's not even that you care about shooting him yourself. You would just be as happy. Really, I think that's the cool thing is we all are just as happy if somebody else gets it. So it's not even, I don't don't view it as a selfish thing as much as I view it as a, I'm caught up in what I'm doing and I lose track of the fact that I can run over there and just bump him back in. Well, even the the buck that, you know, we didn't didn't kill that, Jake shot. Mm-hmm. He was it was like a hundred yards running across in front of me, and I'm like, Grant, I can't really force it. But after he ran away, but before you shot, I'm like, man, I wonder if I would have done something to like redirect him. And I was like, if in my head I said, if uh, everybody's where they need to be, somebody's still gonna get a shot at that deer. Mm-hmm. And then he shot at 
that deer. So it's also knowing like, when do you step in and try to intervene? Yeah. I think that, uh, really the way I try to visualize everything is, is as soon as the seam starts to open up, especially as deer start running or a shot does go off and you know, like, there's deer somewhere in between you and your guys, especially like, for example, today when you shot at the end, it's like you shot real early and we were in a place, Ted, Ted was filming with me. We were in a place where we need to get to where we were probably going to cover if he came back over or whatever you shot at came back over. We needed to get up because we were too far away. So we ran, you know, a good little jaunt to get up to where we could see the saddle where I figured if they were going to come up and go the path of least resistance, they would get to. And then we just sit there and wait. But also in general, like as things start to, as things start to happen and progress in the drive and deer start moving, just collapsing that down and really just trying your best to cut ties with like, I'm going to at some point just make a ton of noise because I'm just, you know, moving them to my friends because I'm out of the game. I'm behind now. And if I'm, if I'm behind, I want to keep pushing. I want to keep moving. But the, I think the worst thing that, and I think that we may, we maybe even flirted on the line with this tonight, Ted, to where maybe if I had a regret, it would be that maybe we gave it a few too many minutes when we sat there after the shot and didn't just keep moving up. I, that's one thing. All of a sudden I was like, man, I've let too much time go by. And I kind of panicked and just ran, like took off downhill fast again to yeah. keep moving. But well, you, I remember you were thinking you were hearing something like mm-hmm. running. So yeah. we were waiting for something to dump down into that bowl. And that's, we didn't know exactly where the shot was either. So it was kind of, <laughs> at one point, Ted and I, something we haven't told anybody at least maybe not Ted, but for sure me, I made that move and I got to where I was like, <sighs> you know, watching the saddle. I look back at Ted and I'm like, that was us, right? <laughs> like, did I not, I didn't just like completely freak out and just hear Sean just move, move, we gotta move. Because as soon as we heard it, we were moving. And we moved a decent bit because I felt like we were a smidge behind, I mean, I wanted to just box it in, I guess. Jake and I did that the one day where we got up on the ridge and we were both moving through like Greenbrier and oak leaves and it was just like whoosh, whoosh. And we both just heard like the echo of one. We both stopped and looked, looked at each other and we're like, it's on. <laughs> and we just sprinted for like a freaking quarter mile. Was it, a, was it actually on? No. no. It was it somebody was else. It was people just shooting. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> Yeah, like echoed and we were like moving we're like yeah let's go everybody shoot sprinted. oh my god we got out to like where we're stopping and we're like and then we heard you guys start in we're like like later and we're like i don't even know if that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> probably looked pretty stupid and there was one that happened this morning that i'm actually this is something that's maybe a little bit more of a more of a downer i'm i'm fairly convinced that on our way into the first drive this morning that we bumped something directly to somebody on private because yeah. Yeah. there was a yeah. shot that was close yeah. enough that was, that was a like loud shot too it was like right down yeah. on the private but we heard it I thought, I thought it was 
our group. I thought it might be us too. I actually thought, I thought maybe it was you right when you cut in. I thought it was you, and then I realized you have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you thought yeah. I had dropped back as a nature was calling oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and I had dropped back when I was on the backside of the ridge, no, so it would have no. made sense that it would have been a little muffled because yeah. it came up that valley for shame. See, but. That one was complete opposite for me. I thought the first one was us and the second one was private. Right, it was, it was opposite. And it was opposite. Yeah. Because we, we had dropped down into this, like, I don't even know what to call it. We dropped into this ravine and it led straight into private. And when Shane shot, it echoed down and that's where we heard it. And it was like, oh, that came from Feeder Boy. Yeah, it sounded like it came <laughs> from, it sounded like it. It sounded like to me it came from down where you were mm-hmm. or like, right. yeah. Up. I mean, I don't, I thought, I think feel like it was close enough for Hayden and I, but what's weird is, is we were the person that was closest and it was just because it was barely wrapped or, I mean, barely too, like maybe to the point where your bot, your back wasn't, but your barrel was wrapped around the hill. Like that's probably how close it was to being facing away from us. And we were like, no way that was Shane. No way. We pretty much never even discussed that it could have been other, like very briefly, it was like, man, unless he was pointing, you know, like straight down to the left. And that's what happened. <laughs> but it's pretty funny how that works out because, you know, it just echoes. It's like hearing a turkey gobble when you're in the bottom in this stuff. You're just like, ah, up. I don't know where that came from. And same thing with the shot a little bit. It's like. Well, that first one I thought. The one we thought was in the drive. Yeah. I thought it sounded like it was almost towards where the vehicles were parked. Like, it didn't sound like they had gone very far at all. Yeah. Well, they park. didn't because it was not that direction whatsoever. Right. Yeah, it's so weird. It's really weird. So, do you guys want to tell stories of what happened? Yeah. No. <laughs> we should start with that one. Ironside's not here. Iron. We should start with which one? What do you say no about? I said no. Ironside's not here. No, what I say no about. <laughs> the last drive. Colin wants to talk Just, about it. Oh, he wants uh, to talk about it. It's a great story. Just our last it's drive. Funny. <laughs> I'm going to start sitting out the last drive. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell the story of last drive last year quickly and then go into this year and then let's get the mistakes over with. Hi, <laughs> Hi, I'm Colin. I'm the mistake. <laughs> uh, so last drive last year. <laughs> I'm just thinking right now we can cut out clips right now. And just, Hi, I'm Colin. I'm the mistake. And go to like, like three or four clips of you just making some funny ones. <laughs> Yeah, that face, the face, or like, when you just like, you're like pretty fired up to see that buck come and you pull up and then you realize that you can't see him in that moment when you realize you can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) So so tell us, so start with that, start with that last day, last drive story and then into, into. So basically long story short on that one was we, uh. Me and Ted snuck into our spot, climbed a couple trees, and it was super thick. Super thick in there, so that's why we went up these trees, and it was like kind of awkward, but we felt like it was a good idea, and it was a good idea. And 
the drive worked absolutely perfect. Like they start coming over the top and this buck stands up. Out of Hayden, the- like pretty sure lone Hayden comes over the top saying, yeah. come on, get out of here, come on, get up. This is the last on, one I figured I'd get a lot of love with it. That was awesome. Hayden's yelling, come on, boy, get up, get up. And I watched this buck basically get up and just start coming. And I'm like, the whole way down. I mean, he starts out at like 100 yards, and he's it's thicker and thicker and heck, and he's coming. And the only the first chance I had at a shot, he was far, like right after he got up, but right before he dropped off that bench into the thick stuff. And then I'm just like following him, like trying to get on him the whole way, and he gets right up to the edge of the road, and I pull my gun up to shoot him in the wide open, and I pull my gun up, and I can't see anything, and I'm just like panic mode. And like, and Ted's yelling, God, do you see that buck? <laughs> the, whole way, the whole way down, Ted's like, God, big buck, big buck, do you see him? God, big buck. We're like in two different trees, like we're, 20 yards apart. So I didn't know if he saw it or not. We're across, we're across this trail, like, Ted's all the way up here, I'm over here, and we're standing on branches. Like, he's like, big buck, do you see him? And I'm like, trying to shoot him. I didn't, I didn't really have a chance. I mean, I had the perfect You had a beautiful <laughs> chance, I guess. That's what I yeah. see, but... I had the perfect chance, but personally, there was no real... I, I didn't... I just screwed it up. You want to explain a little bit about the certain obstruction? Oh, yeah. I climbed that tree and Ted's like, you want this GoPro? Did he not say that? <laughs> he didn't say anything about it. He no, Oh, he's no, saving no, it. No, I said I, I, I couldn't see through my scope because <laughs> <laughs> at the last minute, Ted's like, you want this GoPro? And he throws it up and I clip it on my gun and didn't look through my scope. Turns out, something in the way. Just thinking about how many times I like practice my shot and just visualize and the fact that you, you don't do that, that very often. Well, not, <laughs> not very often. <laughs> but I... Could see it when he was on the ridge. I could see through Yeah, the that's true. That is I, true. I don't know if I. I you bumped, must have just bumped it. I bumped it on move something or something. So like I didn't completely take the dog. But. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, last drive of the year, move in, just like planned, and everything goes almost perfect. Um, we get set up. And we hear a buck bump off the top, or we hear a deer bump off the top. And it comes down, heard it cross the ravine and go up. And I look back at Tate and I'm like, should we run up and try and cut it off? And we decided not to because Ben should have been there. So we're like, we'll just wait and see what happens. And we hear the deer run up, turn tail, come back. And he goes back down. At that point, I like saw a flash of tail. He runs back down the ravine, hits the ravine, and that's when we could see him, turns and just comes basically right at us. And like down the pipe as far as like what you would be hoping for kind of when you're bow hunting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we actually pretty much could have shot him from the moment that we actually, we figured out he was a buck and he was in range and shootable the entire time after that. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Comes right down the pipe and goes directly in front of us about 20 yards. 
I give him a little mat and he stops at 20. And I just pulled the trigger, it clicked, it took a second, and I dropped my gun like this, and I shot the tree in front of him. Or no, below him. Click. Yeah. Boom. I, from, from up the holler, the holler, whatever you want. It was just like. It was. And we were like, Mitch was like, maybe it just echoed down. Hopeful. Hopeful. You got the baby. You got to love yeah, got the baby. Oh. <laughs> no. And I knew, I mean, immediately, I'm like, oh, I missed that here. <laughs> because when the gun went off, like, I, it was air. Yeah. And what's funny it's about good. that, I, mean, really, it's I knew it was than... a clean move. We didn't have, we, yeah. we looked, obviously, but we didn't have to. <laughs> but what's funny about that is it happened on a coyote last year, <laughs> on the second to last driver dang near. Yeah. So really, it was last day. So you know, yeah, last, last day is off. You know, I saw that. I just bought a new muzzle. <laughs> yeah. So this is just a uh, little quick tip might help somebody that's muzzleloader hunting. If you're gonna shoot the powder that a fair amount of us are shooting, which is Blackhorn 209, which is a black powder substitute, the primers that work the best and are the most consistent is a shotgun primer like a shot shell 209 primer yeah so like if it says on there 209 muzzleloader primer that's not the answer but if it says 209 shotgun primer that is the answer for the blackhorn and to test it out of ben's gun we shot a muzzleloader primer and it was just like and then we shot a shotgun primer, and it was more of a, and it had actual flame that went out the barrel, like a spark went out the barrel. You're saying putting a primer in a muzzleloader with nothing in it. Yeah, so just shooting, blank, just shoot straight blank. Which is good, because yeah. I was aiming like sort of towards a road. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a straight up primer, you know, no load in there, just to compare those two primers. Right. Which is, you know, like a, you know, using a pop gun with the one, it's just, and the other one sounds more like a 22 going off, I would say. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Might well, be worth it. Yeah, it's just, well, I think it's just a hotter, I don't yeah, know, it's probably just a hotter that primer. Day, that day, uh, Jake was, Jake yeah. and Weber were sighting in the gun and they had the same thing happen with the 209. The muzzleloader 209s. Yes. I mean, my takeaway from it is just like, I don't ever shoot a muzzleloader, but like, I know I'm going to do this. I should shoot it more. You know, mm -hmm. I should, instead of the, I shot that gun four times and it was shooting great, but I don't, I didn't understand them or I should have respected it a little bit more to know, like, it's not that easy. It's yeah. not like you don't just throw a bullet in it and go like, mm -hmm. it's kind of a combination. Yeah. I feel like they're definitely something that if you want to have a, really good shooting gun you just have to put a lot of effort into the tinkering and i mean you can definitely get one to shoot you know 50 to 100 yards pretty well but if you want to you know maximize your range and, and maximize your group you know tinkering with different bullets and loads and everything is definitely helpful but we could that's a totally different topic really just kind of got on that side tangent but i think we should start with uh you know, telling some successful and like good encounter stories and then 
kind of move on from there. Unless, Shane, you never really gave a good takeaway. <laughs> Got any good takeaways or you kind of just knew what was going on the whole time? <laughs> uh, I, I would say, again, just using the terrain, like we were talking earlier about the, just how the terrain affects your ability, ability to hear certain things. That's the same for the deer, too. So use that to your advantage on your way into certain places, even just setting up the drives. Uh, just use that terrain to basically block the deer from hearing you get to the place that you're trying to go. That, that's actually something that I was thinking about this season is, you know, I often use the reference of, yeah, the flatland guys, like the Wisconsin guys, you know, it, it took a little bit to realize, you know, the difference between driving a cattail marsh, something super thick, and hilly terrain that's open. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, even though New York, at least a lot of the places that I've been, which are kind of in your guys' areas, while they're hilly, they're a totally different type of hill. They're way broader, and they're not super tight together yep. to where you have these ridges that are almost touching that are on other sides of the valley, if yep. that makes sense. Yeah, and like ridges here are like a, it's like a knife edge. Like mm -hmm. it just, you go up, you hit the top of it, and you can see down both sides. Mm -hmm. And it like, back in New York, it's a two mile wide mm -hmm. hill. Yeah, big flat. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. With cornfields on top. Which is cool. I think that oh, yeah, terrain is part yeah. of the reason that you're so, that we're so efficient mm -hmm. with the whole thing. It helps right. a lot. Well, it helps. It helps, and it, it helps definitely too. too. It helps well, helps yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, I think that was the learning curve. Honestly, it's like that's been the learning curve. Is there's more to the hill than what you think, which is what Ted and I talked about. Which yeah. surprising, man. It was cool watching how because we like you were saying in New York, you know, it's it's different than our train there, mm -hmm. and like how they use it in these drives, like especially the bucks. Like, you know, if we're, we're targeting a specific spot, they're bedded. And then seeing, like, seeing where, how they come out of there and then and then after everything's over, like, kind of looking at the map and seeing how they worked out of there. Mm -hmm. And and now, like, you'd see does go through the bottom. They're like, they, they do it perfect most of the time. And those bucks will somehow always, like, they, they stay tight on that edge and they always side it. Mm -hmm. Like no bucks went through the bottoms. I don't think that we ever saw a buck go through the bottom. They always wrap or wrapping around sides. The only one that did is the one yeah. today. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel, I feel Mitch like is too. And he did it. He Mitch did, it did too. Yeah. 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 Okay. I guess I sound dumb now. No, you're right. For the most part, every buck I saw was was just side hilling. And like you had said on the first day, like putting train between them and where they'd gotten bumped from, and it was pretty cool to actually see it. And then. Like the one we killed today, like it was just cool to, like back squirting out the back door type of thing. Like yeah, was, that's what I was gonna was, say. Is a lot of them cut back on the drivers a lot of mm -hmm. the time, which is another thing we were talking about today. Is that they don't necessarily always go straight out away from wherever they're running from. They'll you know get that terrain in between them and back door cut. I think it dawned on Ben and I this year to put some numbers to this. When we were previously always trying to drive them all the way to the bottom, we're like, okay, here's this bedding area. So, you know, we've got this pin where we generally think he's going to bed. 
and then to drive him to the bottom. Let's just say, for example, to drive to the bottom and then back up the other side to actually get terrain between him and where he was bumped from. He'd have to go, at times we were looking at, it's like 600 yards, 800 yards of just wide open running down the pipe. Like, is he going to really do that? And then we no. started asking ourselves that. And it's like, no, like he's not going to do that. He's going to wrap back or he's going to, you know, continue to just put these little folds between him and the danger. So we kind of shifted the drive to that this year a little bit more. The shape of the move looked slightly different in a lot of these. And a lot of times too, which is something that we talked about and has been on my mind since the Indiana trip, like this, this stupid, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I feel like I'm officially ready to kind of wrap a bow on it, at least for the season is the, the side hill thing, man. We killed the, the, yeah. the one you shot today well, is exactly the side yeah. hill, Money. the side hill theory if you will. And it's like, if you can be wrapping in that side hill, like you said, with the terrain, mm -hmm. you're just using your terrain on the same hill as them to just sneak in tight to them. And as we're driving, you've got your guys that are obviously just blatantly bumping them that are like getting skylined on top or coming up and over. But if you've got these guys coming in, also collapsing down on it from the side, when that guy that, you know, is your main driver, the guy that you're kind of letting, you're, you're pretty much having that guy let them see him. When that happens, a lot of times the side hill guys are just either double bumping and then they go to the bottom finally, or they just get the shot. And yeah. man, I like doing yeah, that I because I just like that because it felt like that's something that we've dabbled with in past years but we nailed this year like Shane, shane's buck too is similar to side hill but mm -hmm. he was using the secondary drainages there's the main drainage and then there's some secondary finger ridges that came out he was using those secondary drainages to get more terrain mm -hmm. like he can go over multiple different little fingers and get different levels of terrain between him and danger so realizing they're at least mature bucks most of the time are not going to go to that primary drainage they're going to go over through those secondary drainages to get multiple levels of terrain between mm -hmm. them and danger. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you guys think that Shane's buck would have went ahead if he not got shamed? Right I think you want to where we should have ran right into you. And <laughs> you, th you really yeah, think you would have what would have happened? <laughs> 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 but you would have ran into Mary at that point. But you really think? That's a good question, Ali. Yeah, do you think you would have really kept going down the bottom? I don't know if you would have went down the bottom for that long. Do you think you would have turned up one of those noses? Like, uh, like, I think I, I think, think we visualized. I think we got to the point where you were trying to get to to say that like the face of that where I ended up. Turned to the right and went kind of there. Yeah, yeah. So he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have gotten per se to where I was when you shot. Right. But where I was going, where, where I ended going. up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if and you would have like been... That kind of relates to the timing thing. We were talking about how we were, like, it was me and Ted and you and Hayden at the top, and I left. Like, I don't know if Ted was even on the same page when this happened, but I just left everyone and started in there early mm -hmm. just to time it right. Right, yeah. which, which, nature calling me, I answer, 
Hayden was watching that way. If you yeah, bump something, I staged up on that bowl yeah. while because yeah. I knew you were going to be moving down there. And even when we did go down there, we were going slow. We would move mm-hmm. ten yards, stop, unless because we knew you were coming down that finger. Comes back to this, man. Mm-hmm. Comes back to this because you left. We're hanging back. You start to get down to into position, and then we start to go in. I mean, just pretty much. Ex- I mean, it was pretty much that simple. Yeah, and it, you know. Mm-hmm. Biggest buck we killed this year, <laughs> which is sick. I mean, it really, it really just goes to show when you nail those timing things. Now, Colin, this isn't a dig, but in hindsight, I mean, it really, I mean, I'm trying it's not, not to be. Here it is. But, but, <laughs> it's a good thing Colin's a good sport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good. Thing but I don't like, actually and, and actually, this is just as much. <laughs> what did you say? I said it's a good thing I don't actually care about Zach's opinion. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually just as much my fault because I meant to tell you, but I mean, you you realized it once we got back in there a little bit. It was like, oh, Colin, wait, you were supposed to like probably go in with with a completely different group and yeah. basically be more of the. I don't know. You'd be more of the spikes on the pitchfork, I guess, as you're coming to coming in there. What we we, you we, know, we talked about right? if he would have missed it, or if he wouldn't even have shot that buck. You know, we talked about would have came to me. Well, that's right where Jake and Weber were. Right. Also, so. Yeah, there's know, a good chance somebody sh- would have seen it. I should have. Yeah, we should have been farther along than we were. You were just a little bit behind, which was a slight flaw in the in the timing. But Shane's a great shot, so no worries. Red dot muzzy. Yeah. It's a new fad. Red dot it, muzzy at 80 yards. It was due is. because Shane has fired the most bullets on this I entire have, adventure. Yeah. I've hurt some trees. <laughs> you hit the one last year, didn't you? Scared yeah. some deer real bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Bad. You've shot every year, haven't you? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think maybe that. Well, you got that coyote. Mm-hmm. I think that year you did shoot, but I think that might have been the. I don't know. You shot it one that year. I don't know that we shot at many that second year. We just had a bunch of ones that slipped through that were like, ah, he's gone. Did we have any shots fired other than Shane's? Yeah, coyote? the twenty wide, but. Who was that? Parts and Parts and Tyler. Uh, <laughs> the he's probably he's probably twenty wide. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's probably a magnum. Yeah. Up at five yards. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Learned from a lot from that one. So, the one that I really liked this year that I thought was super cool, just because everybody saw him. Was the first six, you know, close to successful, successful one we had, and basically, I want you guys to add in, you know, little little experiences as well. But what was cool about this one is Ben felt confident going into it because he had seen buck tracks the week before. The week before when there was snow. Yeah, and they were kind of relating to a fresh cut. Yeah, where we fought like deer with feet. Several fresh cuts. And we were- and this general ridge system, we just kind of picked the best spot that we thought was betting on it and try to target that from all angles. And what was cool about it is we had roads that kind of surrounded it to the point where we could access it from multiple different spots. Like we had a really specific plan of 
you know, these guys go in here, they're going to hang back, let everybody else go around. And on the way we were going to like drop off Colin and Grant and then somebody's going to park and then somebody was going to go in from, a, I think even a fourth place. So we came in from four different spots and we just slowly get boxed it in. And as we were going in, it would have been my dad and I, I was with Doug Philman and then Hunter and Jake. And we're walking up this trail and we're on the south facing hillside. It's super crunchy and it's like, man, like we're walking on this trail, but we're making so much noise. Let's just split up anyway and then just hunt our way down to our spots. And then that way we're again doing that staging thing where they move, we move, we listen, whatever. And all of a sudden I look down and, you know, right about where they were supposed to be. <laughs> I see these guys just going straight up to a high knob where it's like, I can I can see probably more than what you guys could see because I oh, can yeah. see the hill. Oh yeah, I <laughs> can just see they're going into into hell. Tip, oh yeah, like, like straight into it, and it's just like, good luck, <laughs> you know. Oh, see y'all later. <laughs> like the last steps are just like just straight up into it, and I'm like, well, that doesn't look right, but let's keep going. So we keep going, and uh, we get down into position and we're kind of standing in the saddle wondering where these guys are because they're supposed to come up. It's a pretty broad saddle, super deep saddle, but broad. And kind of the plan that I had in my head was that we would see them and then we would just drop into it. And we would it. be side-hailing. Mm-hmm. Sneakily. Which, yeah, you guys couldn't do because... It was just hellacious briars in there, like a wall. And it was just, it was like, that was, there was a cut there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all just saplings, high stem count. Mm -hmm. And we were like, we're not going to make it to our spot. If we try to side hill this, we'll be, they'll be there in three hours and they'll be on the next drive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we just went up. We're like, let's go up top. We're not supposed we to. We kept finding clear up. spots, like straight <laughs> vertically up. Yeah. Like, that looks okay. And, and, I, and I do not remember. That looks okay. I remember yeah. saying to Jake too, like, I was like, like we shouldn't be up here. <laughs> I was like, but it's so thick. We honestly <coughs> might bump a deer into the drop. Mm -hmm. I remember saying like, we're, we're absolutely kind of, booyah. Like, we're turning into drivers. Absolutely booyah. <laughs> well, and I, I panicked. I panicked and was flustered mostly because I thought you guys were going to end up like getting too close to the guy that didn't expect to see you, which would have been well, Weber and Jake. Yeah, on the other side of that. Yeah, and I, I yeah. like, because last I saw you too, you're going that way, and then I couldn't even hear you on the top, and I was just like, man, they're We're buried sneaky. in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, I start hearing something, and I'm like, sounds like people walking, and I don't even think my dad could hear it. I could just hear, I mean, probably lighter than that. It was about as faint as you could hear, but I could tell it sounded like, your guys' feet. And all of a sudden deer start coming off that. And they're going kind of coming down right towards where we were gonna go set up. And it, I, don't, I, I guess I thought it was one, maybe two. Long story short, we stood there and Doug and I stood there like on point because it sounded like they stopped down there. And then I moved a little bit, heard him run again. And I mostly just moved to get closer to him. And I think I probably got skylined, which was totally cool because they were smack in the middle of the drive. And uh, they start moving. Well, about, what, five minutes goes by. And Keith, who was rapping in on the side hill, caught them trying to make their escape. 
and there was a nice buck, a nice eight-point buck, followed by another eight-point buck. <laughs> that was that was just that was just a bigger version of it. The second one was, but the first one came up, and it seems like I guess we all thought after watching the footage, lead doe smelled Keith, and they just bailed immediately, and Keith shot at the buck as he turned and wheeled away, which wasn't very far, but um, it was a really tough shot, and especially a tough shot when. Like Keith had it, your scope's on five power, <laughs> which is a thing that we gave him so much crap for to the point that like there's no way he's making that mistake again, I'd say, <laughs> which is kind of why we give each other crap is just to help each other for the future, you know, because it's like you just at least this is what would help me. It's like you just pound that lesson home <laughs> like in the heat of the moment when you're, your adrenaline's up, you just don't do something without thinking about it because it doesn't take a lot of time to think about it but anyway that what what keith did was he zoomed the scope when as soon as he saw the deer which like i i, I don't know really how that made any sense even but <laughs> they were coming towards him and he zoomed it from 2.5 to 5 and then they came in and he couldn't see him you know as well as he could have and he shot you know, behind the deer. Well, that turned deer back into the drive. And at this point, once that shot goes off, we are all collapsing way more aggressively. Mm -hmm. Boom, shot goes off and everybody knows I need to get to an escape route and cover it, seal it off right now. And that's what everybody did. And sure enough, here comes the bigger eight point. The one that Keith shot at split out the other way and got past him. I did the same thing as Keith. You missed him. Yeah. And then he missed. And I was also too far powered in. Yeah. Because he was 125, 50 yards away. See, that's tough to do with a red dot. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. New fad. Seriously. Everybody There's here. no doubt in my mind that that sucker right there is getting a dot. Oh, yeah. So, dot for your T's and close your eyes. And <laughs> <laughs> close your eyes. What eyes. Personally, I like the 2.5 power because I feel like I can kind of get the best of both worlds, especially if you use it, I guess, use the zoom very specific times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, if you keep it on that low, John, John also has what a one power scale one to four. That thing's pretty yeah. sick too. You can see, at least probably 15 inches of the barrel through yeah. that. It's yeah. wild. It is wild. But it's, it's cool. It's different too. It's not necessarily a crosshairs, right? It's kind of like a yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, a pin almost. I think there's a dot in the middle. Yeah. And then like a pin on the bottom and one on each side. There's nothing on the top. I think that's I a vortex that. scope you can get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sick. Crossfire too. For dragon, that's yeah. not a tracking gun. Yeah, I, driving or tracking gun yeah. would be sick. Vortex makes one. Yeah. I have a similar one from a different unnamed company that I had in my hand and my muzzleloader, and I'm like, do I want to deal with this today? And I put it back on the safe. And you said, no worries, I'm gonna hang fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even load my gun till today. <laughs> so, so, I think that was lesson learned on 
Oh, oh, so then there's a couple other lessons learned on that one. And Ted, you can probably speak on this a little bit better, maybe. No, you guys were on the driver's side. But I think the thing that was also a takeaway was closing the gap more on that last one, which you've already talked about a little bit. Yeah, I mean, either me, me and Grant or Jake and Weber, either one of us would have ran 10 feet. To just box him to the other guy. It probably I, think would have you, I think it would have worked way. Yeah. Like, been pretty close those were the takeaways from that one i would say scope for sure the side hill thing is gonna work and then i think uh just boxing it in. yeah because he was already a pin i mean he was delusional at that point yeah he got to the top before he, went he had over. no idea what to do before he got over that saddle like he stopped and it's like if we would have cut him off before he even had the chance to get up there who knows yeah, mm-hmm. who knows what would have happened yeah and that was a Pretty Man. nice one. <laughs> As Grant would say, huge buck. Huge buck. Do you see him? So then what we did the second day was we won't even talk about it. It's not good. We didn't really see well, much at all. Did we? Eleven pointer. We saw yeah, that yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was yeah. decent. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't I mean, there was nothing much to speak on there other than other than timing and that butt cut back on Alex and you yeah. just blocked that off. But Doug that's... had some does in front of him a couple times. Mm-hmm. That was about it. What? Then day three, pretty much right out of the gate, we kind of get things rolling. First yeah. drive. First drive. Oh, yeah. Day three, we knew we kind of, we had to go to some things that we knew mm-hmm. from previous experience. Mm-hmm. You know, day two, we kind of tried some new, honestly, I think all new things day mm-hmm. two. Then day three, we just need to get some blood out there. We did. Yeah, talk about that one. There were some adjustments, I think, on that yeah, one. Yeah, we had done that. Yeah, we did the drive last year. Yep. We kind of switched up, came from a little bit of a larger scale, driving it to like a very specific um, a couple of skate routes. And, par- and parked in different places too. Yeah. Didn't try to do it all from the same spot. Like, <clears throat> came in from different angles. I think that's a big part of that did you guys move a buck on that drive last year Mm-mm. only no, we know of. not that we know of. right we parked in four different places this year at least yeah i think we had four parking oh, spots yeah. and then where we parked from the truck we immediately the all three or the three groups from the truck all left so mm-hmm. we didn't even walk up the same trail we one didn't, time we didn't even park until start time yeah either because like basically us parking if a deer was close enough would be yeah which that buck was like if if me and jake were slamming doors he might have jumped from that yeah because he was close enough to the road that's something that's something crucial too there's certain ones where we can do that and then there's certain ones where it's like yo like don't slam the door Mm -hmm. um don't Why talk to that. Yeah, we're, we can't. Yeah, that's another thing we do that's pretty weird is sometimes we'll park and just walk way down the road because it's like we got to put this terrain between our vehicles and him or he's going to hear us pull up, stop, shut doors, start talking. I mean, we all end up talking too loud when we're at the vehicles together, so it's easier to just get us out of the game a little bit more, you know. You had some uh, adjustments to the plan for 
the the setup down on the bottom on the one that yeah because last year i was down on the bottom with you mm -hmm. uh, this year i went with mitch mm -hmm. and we we were mitch and i were the last we, we were in a group of we had four people um and we dropped three people off and we were the last of the train we dropped doug your dad off in the same place that he was last year and that was on that drive. He was the one who saw does. Mm -hmm. um, so he went back to that same place. And that was the main drainage we were targeting because that experience of him seeing does there, we figured that's the most likely place they were going to come. And last year, we couldn't see your dad. We were a little bit further closer or further down that drain away from mm -hmm. him, kind of covering that hillside. Yeah. And we jumped uh, a doe and a fawn right on that point that connected on the edge of that that drain and doug couldn't see that doe i confirmed that after mm -hmm. so we just snuck up to where we could shoot that trail that those does ran down when they spooked and i think they were bedded right there but we also wanted to be able to shoot that drain that the does the previous year came down towards doug and sure enough that's what happened he he was and we knew like i said we could see doug we could shoot some of the same areas that doug could as well but if my thought was if a buck would wrap around that nose and try to scoot out down that drain coming around that nose, there may be an opportunity where Doug wouldn't get a shot and it'd be coming right down the pipe for us. And that's exactly what happened. He ended up stopping in a place where Doug could have shot him and Mitch could have sh shot him because I think he saw us standing there. But Mitch made a perfect shot on him, dropped him in his tracks, and we got to celebrate <laughs> Doug said that he wished he had a scope cam on that one because he said that he was on him just squeezing the trigger and that the buck just rolled backwards. Yeah. He said his head just went back and just went right down. And then Doug. Mitch started spitting all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug just goes, turns to Grant and it's just like, rolled him. It's just so, it's just so funny. But that was, that was pretty cool. So that kind of gets the ball rolling a little bit. And then uh, I think the next one was the one that we've talked about a little bit already where Jake hit the one high, the back strap. And that's one that we've done before, but we switched it completely and kind of focused on a different terrain feature, more like what we had just got the one in, like the drive prior. I felt like that worked better. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely worked better for like a drive. Mm -hmm. But it also put the drivers in a position that they still could make a play on deer just the same as they had previously. It just felt like we had more driving coverage almost. And in turn also had better coverage of escape routes and super, you know, specific funnels that we have not really targeted. I mean, in the past, we've always driven it to this one saddle. And we got so hung up on that because that first year, Buck went right through it and it was perfect. But then, you know, the next time we did it, it didn't look the same at all. Mm -hmm. Well, the next two times we did it, it didn't look the same at all. And that's when we kind of were like, maybe we need to flip this a little bit. And that ridge has like, it's got a lot of different points that come off it in different directions. So there's not exactly like one place where they can be, mm -hmm. especially, you know, if there's 10 deer up there, right. they could be in different pockets. And like with that many drivers, you can just keep them moving in that general direction. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, like you said, the drivers become shooters too. And you're just pushing them all to those 
something I've been, I guess, picking up on on this trip is like, if they get bumped twice, they're way more likely to run down then. Mm -hmm. And that's when your guys in those hubs really get the opportunity. That's, okay. that's good knowledge. Yeah. That's one of the ones we did, one of those secondary drives on too, between Shane, myself, and Ted. We were looping around. We had the farthest loop around as drivers. And um, Shane and Ted ended up bumping two bucks towards, and they ran kind of in the direction that I was. I wasn't set up quite in the right place. I was overlooking a bull and they kind of ran around this point. And I think they were different bucks than what Jake ended up shooting. Cause I think if it was the same bucks, they would have probably made it to Jake quicker than they did. But there was like you're saying with ridges that have a lot of those different terrain features, that there's a lot of opportunity to kind of really think about how you go in and set up those secondary drives. Mm -hmm. I also think this yeah. keeps coming back to that to me. Cause I'd see you on top Hayden, I'd let you move up. Then I'd see you stop, and then I'd move up, and it just man, when we were when you're doing that, it just feels so right. Man. And even when you can't see people, like when we use our turkey calls, like we yeah. use our turkey calls when we move through the woods just to sound like a turkey, but also to just try to let other drivers know where you are when mm -hmm. you can't see each other is it was really helpful for timing. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, I guess to touch on it, those could have been the same deer because they got real hung up around me for kind of a long time. Because I had three does come down and come do exactly what you want them to do. And they hit the brakes at 30 yards and they blew. And when they did that, there was another deer back on the ridge that just like, I watched him go this way and then I watched him go this way. And then all of a sudden I see at least two bucks go back. And when those two bucks went back is when he shot. But... Grant thinks that there was a deer behind those three does the whole time. And when they stopped and blew that deer, just like rerouted, he ran, we watched, we watched him run up the hill and we watched him run down towards Keith. And then we watched him go back across the set or across the bench and to where he got shot at. <laughs> so very well could have been the same deer. Cause he just like, he almost, it seemed like was waiting for them to get through. And then when they didn't, they blew and he just like ping pong, but he did his own ping pong. I like the double bumping thing. I definitely think that that's almost crucial to getting a good, it's either gotta be perfect timing, like what happened today, or you get that double bump because the one that Hayden shot last year is one we always bring up as a double bump. Main drivers bumped him, Ben and I drived him, or bumped him off the side hill as side hill drivers. Mm -hmm. And that, that definitely had a play in that one. Same thing with the one that was on the first day this season. You know, you guys had the misroute, uh -huh. bump him, runs to Keith, misses, bumps him, and then it just, you know, that's when things get really awesome. That's when he starts doing normal deer things and not... And, right, and not slipping back through the weird crack and crevices. Yeah, just going right down the main yeah. funnel, which is kind of ideal, you know, because there's usually somebody there. And I feel like when there's more than one deer, too, mm -hmm. they start to get in a group, and like you, somebody was saying, like the does or does or even other bucks, you know, they can kind of they're watching those other deer's reaction. All of a sudden, if the group starts going that way and they're good, they're probably more apt to follow that, like the one you shot today, Jake. Yeah. It was with a group of several does. And it was a pile of 
Yeah, I think I think we get to that. I think we get to that one because there's a lot to build up to that one as well. That one was pretty cool as far as like a lot of little things that we've talked about today coming together. So then Shane, the one you shot this morning would have been the next, you know, really good one that we did. I think. And I mean, we've covered a lot of what made that cool. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? I I would say the biggest thing is is just that timing between you guys and Hayden and I. Just I mean, pretty pretty straightforward, but just making sure that we were kind of using each other, and we totally were using each other. I mean, it I, it could have never happened that way had we not been there. You know, right. had both parties not been involved. You guys were talking to the standards, right? Yeah, just working yeah. your way in at the same time. Just that and the terrain that we used to get into there mm-hmm. uh, yeah both those things combined kind of let that happen i guess i think one thing that we said to put some words to it is hey, tactical insertion yeah tactical <laughs> insertion yeah <laughs> it's, it's actually so funny because i had i said that before the shot yeah. right uh-huh. i just start laughing and i'm like dude i keep thinking about how weber called it tactical insertion <laughs> and i say that and it's not two minutes later <laughs> and it was all because of the tactical insertion but one thing that we had talked about hayden was um the way that we were approaching similar to what you were doing is we weren't exposing ourselves to the target necessarily on the way in and that's kind of the goal but on our way too it's just inevitably like driving kind of towards each other because we can't we couldn't see each other you know and i just i don't know that really in a way feels simple but also it's just why we put so much emphasis every time because let's put it this way that timing thing that we're talking about where you're trying to work together you're staging in that's not going to work every time but on the time that it does it might just be a big old mature eight-pointer and today it was <laughs> i mean the sweet buck i mean ended up being like big a big deal for us i feel like i feel really happy about that like he's the last day shooter yeah <laughs> that's a funny side story for sure we get up and basically ted comes up and or we, we, we walked, we're, we're walking, we're sneaking still. And we see these guys kind of come around. I remember thinking to myself, and you probably too, it's like, they're not doing something, like they're doing something wrong. Like, what are they doing? They're walking right at us. Like, <laughs> and then I, we glass, I'm like, I think they're trying to, they must be trying to signal us. And I see Shane just lift his gun and like, kind of raise it in the air, like, good deal. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, they, he must've got one. So we run up there and, talk real briefly because we've got you know a few minutes till the drive's gonna start and Ted's like he's kind of a mag too <laughs> <laughs> and I go to you know we mock him with Shane because I just switched off and Ted went with Hayden and I went with Shane then and uh just switched gun and camera I suppose and I'm talking to Shane and I'm like you think he's just a you know nice age or whatever and he's like yeah I think so and 
in the back of my mind too ted had just said he's kind of a mag you know <laughs> ted grew up in iowa too so he can go probably take that lightly you know and i'm like okay so i'm thinking in the back of my mind like where is this dude so i'm looking for him and i eventually see him i throw glass on him and i'm like shame but dude this thing's big and he's like is he and i'm like yeah and i just keep every five minutes or so i glass down there I'm like I'm like dude he's got big old dark antlers and he's mature buck for sure I'm like sure enough so then I said go up to everybody afterwards and we'll cut him off we said well Colin's gonna walk right past it he won't see it and he did <laughs> I don't know how many it said it was like 20 yards in the wide open door right and we walked by <laughs> so he didn't oh, see him man. so we cut everybody off we kind of meet up in front of it and you know it's like was that well, that was us you know good deal it's like what'd you shoot Shane it's just like oh last day shooter <laughs> and you know and I, I said you should tell everybody that so we kind of play that up a little bit and I like on off to the side I look at Tate and I'm just like because I couldn't I, I had to spoil it for somebody like I just couldn't contain myself so I told Tate and we walk up sure enough big old son so that was that was pretty awesome that was a pretty epic yeah, like moment he, up until that point I I still didn't really realize how big it actually was because I like he fell in a way that I could only see straight at his face yeah and so i like i didn't know how many points or anything yeah. i didn't know anything other than wit and i'm trying to look at him through binoculars and i'm still like shaking so bad <laughs> and i'm like all right I, i'm just gonna give up and i'll go see him when we get there <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet yeah, it's pretty sweet and it's sweet too because if you're listening to this you're also going to get to watch this because ted laid down some sick footage and it's just such a <laughs> sick scene such an awesome scene just yeah. so classic like first words that in the clipper he's right there coming right towards us or something like that and then right to him <laughs> so he's like mm, there's a deer <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we were walking in there and i hear this deer get up and i thought we bumped him back toward like mm -hmm. toward the drivers basically and i was like oh there's one he's He's going the wrong way. All right. Yeah, he'll run into somebody. Like, that's what's going through my mm -hmm. mind. And then all of a sudden, he's running straight at us. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> this will do. Oh, right. Show you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Before the driving had started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, 20 oh, minutes oh, before. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a good while. Walking in. Yeah. That's yeah. the cool. That's a cool part to that story. Yeah, because, again, it all still falls into that timing and moving in. Moving at the same, with the same thing in mind, same, you know what that guy's doing when you're making your move, and that's just cool. And that's, that's where we knew we were going to start to get to, too, where we could use each other in that way as we get more experience hunting together, I think mm -hmm. is a really cool part of it, too. It's just like, you know, I trust that judgment, or I know that guy's tendency, I'll use this to my advantage. Like, if you were ever hunting beside me, you would just know that I'm eventually going to probably get more impatient than you and just <laughs> crash through something, you know, use that to your advantage. But seriously, like it's, it's true. Like know that I like moving fast. Yeah. So. I use that for like, uh, on the, the drive where Jake shot his, 
<laughs> I knew I had a lot steeper of a hill to go up, and you had a lot more gradual hill, so I knew I had to absolutely book it up that hill to keep <laughs> up with you. To keep the line. To which, keep the line. Which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Which is awesome that you know that. I really think that, like, that's what's one of the coolest parts to me is you get to learn those tendencies and just use everybody's strengths and weaknesses to, um, you know, because you could view that speed as a strength or you could view it as a weakness and it's both depending on the situation. So then Jake's is the, the kind of the final one that we, I would say is worth kind of describing. Cause I feel like I said that that puts a lot of these plays in, in, I guess in place. How do you start that one? What's the story? Colin drew it up. I think that's important. That's a very important part. Colin. Now we need to clarify that. Ben did most of the drawing. I just <laughs> made the decision that that's where we were going. Well, and also I, I think it worked out because I put out the dopey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, you got you got to do your actual plays on. Yeah. Oh yeah, the long no, day. Yeah. What's kind of on your What's kind of rough on that one is <laughs> Zach told me to draw it up. Well, Ben already had most of it drawn. We did it. We did it last year too. Yeah. Yeah. And Ben's like, well, where, who do you want to go where? And I'm like, I don't really care. Like this person here, this person here. And I was like, put Jake and Weber here and put Hunter and Jake Lynch here. And then Zach or Ben goes over and Zach's like, no, flip those two. He's like, mm. put Jake in that spot because it's going to be rougher to get to. Which <laughs> he asked for. He asked he, for Which it. is what he wanted. He's like, put me in the, the thick. Like, I want to go into exactly. the rough stuff. <laughs> and it just so happened that. An absolute booyah, as they say. Booyah. So I think, I think this is a, a cool part of it. We saw a trend last year where deer went to one specific terrain feature we didn't close it off as much as we'd liked. That was a takeaway that we talked about right after we did it last year. And then the other thing that we did that we did not do the year prior is incorporate the side hill, which was the position that Jake was in and that I was in and Hayden. I think there was, I actually think there was three more people on the, on the, on the drive. drive. Yeah, Keith and Ted. On, we're on that hill with me mm -hmm. and then you had the side hill yeah but last last year we did it i was on that back like edge by myself and what ended up happening is is like a bunch of people kind of became the driver because of the the collapse in so uh i guess ted or hayden went over the top see they were on the far side of the ridge side hilling into the target keith was going straight down the nose of the ridge kind of trying to get skylined I was coming in on the side hill, and I was eventually going to run into Jake and... Coming from the bottom, up the hill, then side hill. Yes. So we were kind of just wrapping into this target, and we all just nailed the time. Knew. I think we gave you guys an extra 10 minutes. This is another cool play. We talked about it after they left. We're like, you know what? We need to give them an extra 10 minutes. And it's ironic because one of the very few that you guys said, yeah, we needed more time yeah. is one of the ones that we guessed that we needed more time. And that comes back into this knowing 
knowing your buddies, knowing like how that's going to work, being able to gauge that. I, I, I like, like that. Oh, that creek's probably flooded 10 <laughs> times since we crossed it last. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how long well, we need our rock down. climbing gear to get up this hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should see the footage of me and Shane crossing that. <laughs> I've heard that's going to be funny. A roll. <laughs> so we all get into position and I remember there's two epic moments for me, but the first one was I get into my position and I'm just like hitting where I want to be at start time and I look up and I see Keith and he just gives me a salute from right above, like right above where I was and I was like, perfect. I'm on the bench. He's up at the top. You guys got to be over the top. He seems like he's hanging loose waiting for us to get into position, Hayden. And I start moving down the side. I get right to where I want to be at start time. And right about that time, I see Jake and we Hunter. Were, we were getting to where we wanted to be at start time, but not quite to where we ended up shooting them. But that was, yeah, when we saw you. And we were about five minutes probably after start even. Yeah, a little bit. Not much, but. And we kind of get to where we're now parallel. So I just, this is the other epic moment for me. I look at Jake and I just give him one like move forward. And he just nod. I just see him nod. And I just like, hell yeah, that was cool. <laughs> you know? like, we don't, we're just hand signals out here. So then he goes back 10 yards to get his pack. <laughs> I forgot about that. See so him get his pack and I'm like, ah, I'll just let that one slide right now. <laughs> so, and I also at this point did not notice that Hunter, when Ben said has his real blaze orange on, means that he... <laughs> only has blaze orange on and no shirt underneath and it's like blaze orange mesh so you can just see like you know a lot and it's pretty hilarious <laughs> see a lot of back hair really is what you say shoulder hair shoulder hair so we we make that signal i'm standing by a tree on the steep side hill and jake moves forward with hunter and they get to where they're just out of sight from me Literally. And somebody bumped deer. I don't really even know if we know who bumped the deer, but either Hayden or Keith more than likely. Had to be Keith then, because we were, like, out of earshot. But you could have yeah, bumped him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real hard to say. Did nose? Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, okay, then maybe we did. You I definitely could have. There was fresh beds. There was fresh beds, yeah. Fresh deer turds. They there. came ripping around that nose. Interesting. I didn't know they came but, around that nose. That's mm -hmm. interesting. And they came around that nose, and Weber and Jake saw him. Saw him slip just out of where they were going to have even a potential shot. So they boxed it in and moved up fast. So they went by Weber and Jake first. Yeah. They almost got him. Then they definitely him. bumped him. Yeah. yeah. I think they, so you know how those two little fingers on the ridge run mm -hmm. parallel? I think you guys might have bumped them from the one to the north, and then they ran to the south underneath Keith as he was cresting and he maybe double bumped them. They ran down or double. He definitely double bumped some of them or bump, you know, he definitely bumped some of them. But my theory is they bumped from you guys to him down to those guys and then just doubled right back hmm. up. That's cool. To that is guys. cool. If that's what happened, that's mm -hmm. cool. I think it, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think Jake and Weber said if, if they weren't there, they think that they wouldn't have, you know, kept rapping. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so they, like, nudged him again. Yeah, because <laughs> they just went around that side hill to get terrain between 
us, them, yeah. us and them. But then when they but see Keith, they're, so, they're yeah. just like, ah. And then they see Jake, my brother, like, ah. <laughs> and then Jake Lynch goes, ah. <laughs> Next thing you know, and I'm standing there, and I'm just like, I mean, I had just signaled to you, not two and a half minutes before, yeah. like, to move up. And you guys maybe made it 30, 40 yards. Yep, 30 yeah, yards, maybe. I would say about. And you guys had just got out of sight because you had kind of wrapped around some terrain for me. So I hear, wham, and it's like, no doubt Jake just shot. And I just, like, within seconds, I went from hearing nothing to a gunshot to, like, deer are all over me. Because, like, just, it was, it was, that was a learning lesson for me, like, how specific that sound was once they wrapped around there it was just no sound tons of sound like it felt like trees were falling down beside yeah. me it was so loud just ah! there's does running i'm looking i'm looking for buck and i'm also looking at all the does for like wound marks as well i saw one look like it spun out and it and a couple of those hung tight which you guys saw too but I'm not sure which one it was, but I see this deer spin out, and then deer, 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 and then nothing. I moved up a little bit, the dust split. I never saw a buck, and I'm like, eh, it's looking pretty good. So I get real excited, and I start moving, and I see him laying there, and I start filming, and I'm fist pumping. I'm like, that was so sick. That drive was so awesome. We got him on the side hill, blah, blah. And then Hunter just steps out. My behind the tree, and now I see that he's wearing nothing but blaze orange, and, and he just goes, he just sticks his out as head out or something, and says something like, "I stayed on him the whole time, Zach, just like you said." Or something like that. It's so hilarious. And, I mean, made a perfect shot on him, and that was the last one for the season. That was very. Uh... Like reminded me of an elk hunt because mm-hmm. the train right there i was looking pretty far steep up and they came over it it was just loud noises and a lot of bodies yeah it was cool that and was one cool. doe rips by like belly to the ground at like five yards just yeah after the shot because like, 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 i think i bumped her as i came 30 around. seconds after the shot which is weird i think that might have been the deer that i saw been out it just stopped and looked yeah, back yeah she like did a circle mm-hmm. and then she did whip, didn't know where to go and while you must have been reloading i started coming up to you and blew him past you we're going and hollering and she's just there's there's goes, people oh, there's another deer. he goes it's <laughs> 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 fast she was hollering yeah i just feel like that one was a lot of little things just bang 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 and the, the timing the, the box i mean that's just man that's fun when when the it's team's so on we're like fun it feels good when we're doing that. Yeah. I really like that. An absurd amount of fun. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it really isn't because it's like you gotta sit here and wait an entire year to do it again, and that's <laughs> that's always the worst. But it's crazy. Fourth fourth year in the books now. Senior. Doing this, yeah, senior year. It's been a lot of fun, and <laughs> that's why he called it senior early year earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> I have this ten- <laughs> I have this tendency to look at things like especially hunting wise like when you start doing a new strategy or hunting a new species or something like you know it's kind of like your first year you're just getting your feet wet you're like that freshman you know you don't really know what's going on you know the sport but you don't really know what's going on specifically and then by the fourth year 
you start to get that like I've got experience I've got con- a little more control of the situation and feel like that's where we're at did you even know you were playing varsity on this one hunter <laughs> <laughs> no I, I'm just like water boy <laughs> for varsity though yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of makes sense I always thought I'd be like a sixth year senior you're red shirted you'll be red shirted senior next year so <laughs> you'll finally get the chance to play special teams maybe going to college next year. <laughs> <laughs> I might drop out again <laughs> all right well does anybody have anything to add on the final thoughts of the of the muzz season just thank you boys thank you thank boys you. thanks to every yeah everybody yeah. that's thanks for driving out boys yeah i mean i didn't drive very far i'm <laughs> <laughs> the last resident fun. last year <laughs> yeah thanks for watching the videos, listening to the podcast, because it makes it a lot easier for us to come do it. Thanks to everybody that was a part of it. Thanks to everybody that filmed and volunteered their time to film, because that's very awesome as well. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome time, boys. Till next year. Buzz camp out. Out.